Welcome to the Tales from Long Ago podcast, brought to you by tutusandfairytales.com, bringing wonder into your home through stories and crafts. We're going to be reading ten of Aesop's fables, the morals of which are some of my personal favorites. The Crow and the Pitcher In a spell of dry weather, when the birds could find very little to drink, a thirsty crow found a pitcher with a little water in it. But the pitcher was high and had a narrow neck and no matter how he tried, the crow could not reach the water. The poor thing felt as if he must die of thirst. Then an idea came to him. Picking up some small pebbles, he dropped them into the pitcher one by one. With each pebble the water rose a little higher, until at last it was near enough so he could drink. In a pinch, a good use of our wits may help us out. The Wolf and the Crane A wolf had been feasting too greedily, and a bone had stuck crosswise in his throat. He could get it neither up nor down, and of course he could not eat a thing. Naturally, that was an awful state of affairs for a greedy wolf. So away he hurried to the crane. He was sure that she, with her long neck and bill, would easily be able to reach the bone and pull it out. I will reward you very handsomely, said the wolf, if you pull that bone out for me. The crane, as you can imagine, was very uneasy about putting her head in the wolf's throat, but she was grasping in nature, so she did what the wolf asked her to do. When the wolf felt that the bone was gone, he started to walk away. But what about my reward? The crane called anxiously. What? snarled the wolf, whirling around. Haven't you got it? Isn't it enough that I let you take your head out of my mouth without snapping it off? Expect no reward for serving the wicked. The Plane Tree Two travelers, walking in the noonday sun, sought the shade of a wide-spreading tree to rest. As they lay looking up among the pleasant leaves, they saw that it was a plane tree. Oh, how useless is the plane, said one of them. It bears no fruit whatever and only serves to litter the ground with leaves. You ungrateful creatures, said a voice from the plane tree. You lie here in my cooling shade, and yet you say I am useless. Thus ungratefully, O Jupiter, do men receive their blessings. Our best blessings are often the least appreciated. The Owl and the Grasshopper The owl always takes her sleep during the day. Then, after sundown, when the rosy light fades from the sky and the shadows rise slowly through the wood, out she comes ruffling and blinking from the old hollow tree. Now her weird echoes through the quiet wood, and she begins her hunt for the bugs and beetles, frogs and mice she likes so well to eat. Now there was a certain old owl who'd become very cross and hard to please as she grew older, especially if anything disturbed her daily slumbers. One warm summer afternoon, as she dozed away in her den in the old oak tree, a grasshopper nearby began a joyous but very raspy song. Out popped the old owl's head from the opening in the tree that served her both for door and for window. Get away from here, sir, she said to the grasshopper. Have you no manners? You should at least respect my age and leave me to sleep in quiet. But the grasshopper answered saucily that he had as much right to his place in the sun as the owl had to her place in the old oak. Then he struck up a louder and still more rasping tune. 
The wise old owl knew quite well that it would do no good to argue with the grasshopper, nor with anybody else for that matter. Besides, her eyes were not sharp enough by day to permit her to punish the grasshopper as he deserved. So she laid aside all hard words and spoke very kindly to him. Well, sir, if I must stay awake, I'm going to settle right down to enjoy your singing. Now that I think of it, I have a wonderful wine here sent me from Olympus, of which I am told Apollo drinks before he sings to the high gods. Please come up and taste this delicious drink with me. I know it will make you sing like Apollo himself. The foolish grasshopper was taken in by the owl's flattering words. Up he jumped to the owl's den, but as soon as he was near enough so the old owl could see him clearly, she pounced upon him and ate him up. Flattery is not a proof of true admiration. Do not let flattery throw you off your guard against an enemy. The Oak and the Reeds A giant oak stood near a brook in which grew some slender reeds. When the wind blew, the great oak stood proudly upright with its hundred arms uplifted to the sky. But the reeds bowed low in the wind and sang a sad and mournful song. You have reason to complain, said the oak. The slightest breeze that ruffles the surface of the water makes you bow your heads while I, the mighty oak, stand upright and firm before the howling tempest. Do not worry about us, replied the reeds. The winds do not harm us. We bow before them, and so we do not break. You, in all your pride and strength, have so far resisted their blows, but the end is coming. As the reeds spoke, a great hurricane rushed out of the north. The oak stood proudly and fought against the storm while the yielding reeds bowed low. The wind redoubled in fury, and all at once the great tree fell, torn up by the roots, and lay among the pitying reeds. Better to yield when it is folly to resist, than to resist stubbornly and be destroyed. The Wild Boar and the Fox a wild boar was sharpening his tusks busily against the stump of a tree, when a fox happened by. Now the fox was always looking for a chance to make fun of his neighbors, so he made a great show of looking anxiously about, as if in fear of some hidden enemy. But the boar kept right on with his work. Why are you doing that? asked the fox at last with a grin. There isn't any danger that I can see. True enough, replied the boar. But when danger does come, there will not be time for such work as this. My weapons will have to be ready for use then, or I shall suffer for it. Preparedness for war is the best guarantee of peace. The Heron A heron was walking sedately along the bank of a stream, his eyes on the clear water, and his long neck and pointed bill ready to snap up a likely morsel for his breakfast. The clear water swarmed with fish, but Master Heron was hard to please that morning. No small fry for me, he said. Such scanty fare is not fit for a heron. Now a fine young perch swam near. No, indeed, said the heron. I wouldn't even trouble to open my beak for anything like that. As the sun rose, the fish left the shallow water near the shore and swam below into the cool depths toward the middle. The heron saw no more fish, and very glad was he at last to breakfast on a tiny snail. Do not be too hard to suit, or you may have to be content with the worst 
or with nothing at all. The Fox and the Stork The fox one day thought of a plan to amuse himself at the expense of the stork, at whose odd appearance he was always laughing. You must come and dine with me today, he said to the stork, smiling to himself at the trick he was going to play. The stork gladly accepted the invitation, and arrived in good time and with a very good appetite. For dinner, the fox served soup, but it was set out in a very shallow dish, and all the stork could do was to wet the very tip of his bill. Not a drop of soup could he get, but the fox lapped it up easily, and, to increase the disappointment of the stork, made a great show of enjoyment. The hungry stork was much displeased at the trick, but he was a calm, even-tempered fellow, and saw no good in flying into a rage. Instead, not long afterward, he invited the fox to dine with him in turn. The fox arrived promptly at the time that had been set, and the stork served a fish dinner that had a very appetizing smell. But it was served in a tall jar with a very narrow neck. The stork could easily get at the food with his long bill, but all the fox could do was to lick the outside of the jar and sniff at the delicious odor. And when the fox lost his temper, the stork said calmly, Do not play tricks on your neighbors unless you can stand the same treatment yourself. The Stag and His Reflection A stag, drinking from a crystal spring, saw himself mirrored in the clear water. He greatly admired the graceful arch of his antlers, but he was very much ashamed of his spindling legs. How can it be, he sighed, that I should be cursed with such legs when I have so magnificent a crown? At that moment he scented a panther and in an instant was bounding away through the forest. But as he ran, his wide-spreading antlers caught in the branches of the trees, and soon the panther overtook him. Then the stag perceived that the legs of which he was so ashamed would have saved him if it had not been for the useless ornaments on his head. We often make much of the ornamental and despise the useful. The Cock and the Fox One bright evening as the sun was sinking on a glorious world, a wise old cock flew into a tree to roost. Before he composed himself to rest, he flapped his wings three times and crowed loudly. But just as he was about to put his head under his wing, his beady eyes caught a flash of red and a glimpse of a long pointed nose, and there, just below him, stood Master Fox. Have you heard the wonderful news? cried the fox in a very joyful and excited manner. What news? asked the cock very calmly. But he had a queer, fluttery feeling inside him, for, you know, he was very much afraid of the fox. Your family and mine and all the other animals have agreed to forget their differences and live in peace and friendship from now on forever. Just think of it. I simply cannot wait to embrace you. Do come down, dear friend, and let us celebrate the joyful event. How grand, said the cock. I certainly am delighted at the news. But he spoke in an absent way, and stretching up on tiptoes, seemed to be looking at something afar off. What is it that you see? asked the fox a little anxiously. Why, it looks to me like a couple of dogs coming this way. They must have heard the good news and... But the fox did not wait to hear more. Off he started at a run. Wait, cried the cock, why do you run? The dogs are friends of yours now. Uh, yes, answered the fox, but they might not have heard the news. 
Besides, I have a very important errand that I had almost forgotten about. The cock smiled as he buried his head in his feathers and went to sleep, for he had succeeded in outwitting a very crafty enemy. The trickster is easily tricked. That concludes this round of Aesop's Fables and we hope you enjoyed them. We believe there's nothing more important than family and we know that shared experiences are one of the best ways for families to connect. So we invite you to enjoy these and other stories together. This month, we're giving away a free sewing pattern that is great for children just getting started. You can get this little pattern at tutusandfairytales.com slash 4-F-O-U-R. The pattern is simple and free, though it doesn't come with any excellent lessons or morals to take with you for the rest of your life. We'd appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts if you feel that we've earned it. And please check out our other podcast. My wife, Marilee, teaches the ins and outs of embroidery for beginners and for children alike. It's called Embroidery for Kids and Me, and I'll include a link in the episode notes. This is the Tales from Long Ago podcast, brought to you by Eric and Marilee McDonald at tutusandfairytales.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll be back again for another story soon.